Hey everybody, welcome to A Voice in the Wilderness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I got Stephen with me, man. We're gonna be so talking guys. about we're gonna be talking about trusting God and having faith that's unshakable. You know, we I was talking to Pastor Travis this morning. I stopped by his office, he's working on his message, and he was talking about and this was really good. He was talking about how when the disciples were in the boat with Jesus and uh, they were like losing their mind and thought everything was, you know, they were dying and Jesus is actually like taking a nap in the front. <laughs> yeah. And he was talking about how if we as believers could understand and realize that no matter what storm we're in, if we're following Christ, he's with us. Right. And it would give us a different kind of confidence. That's for sure. So I was just thinking about, you know, I was just thinking about how my journey yeah. and what it was like for me to go from just kind of being secular yeah. and living, you know, trying to make money, being an entrepreneur, and then going into ministry and how that transition transpired my life. And and so I've been talking to Dale about it. And um, it's just, to me, I think a lot of people miss out on the goodness and the greatness of God. Oh, yeah. You know, because they don't understand him and they don't, re like you were saying, they don't understand his character. All right. And so, uh, so, yeah. And so what I was mentioning before we, we started, you know, when we, me and Skip were, were just discussing, you know, this was that I, I think that people, um, fail to, to trust in God because they don't understand who God is. Um, you know, so I'm not going to trust in somebody that I don't know, you know, I'm, you know what I mean? I may love them and all that stuff, you know, somebody I'm, just, I'm not, you know, not in the concept of let's talk about this in human aspect for a second, right? you know, a stranger down the road, let's say it's Skipper Hare and I don't know you. Right. Okay. I'm not going to trust you with anything, information, money. <laughs> I'm not going to trust you with my dog. You know, I'm not going to trust you because yeah. I don't, I don't know you. You know, I don't have an understanding of who you are and what you're like. You know, we all know the nature of humanity. You know, what's in, hum in, in humans. You know, right. we know that people are evil and people are, you know, we have, we have, there's people who are good, people who are, but you can't tell the difference without, you know, knowing, without confronting them or talking to them. So in the same manner, we look at God that way. We don't know God, therefore we don't trust in God. I'm not saying me and you in per, per se, but people in general who, who don't you know, trusting God, they don't know God, right. you know, it, it, it's, um, it's like, it's like, um, like I said, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word. And that's not, that's not, um, saying that, Hey, I've got to have you preach it to me, but to understand, to have the word and understand it in your heart. And if you don't have that understanding in your heart and you don't have the word, then you don't have faith. Right. And if you don't have faith, you can't trust in God. Cause that's what faith is, is trusting in God. You know, that's, that's exact. that's what it means. Trust and lean on God, you know, to, to put your, all your belief and your, your, you know, everything, your weight onto God, you know, so you can't trust in some, something you don't understand or, or know. Um, and I wrote, I got this, this verse here, 30, uh, Psalm 34, eight, I'm going to read it for real quick. Yeah. I, I just love the, I, I don't know, for me, it's, I was telling Dale, I was sharing some stuff with him yesterday about. You know, just some of the things that happened when I came to Christ and, you know, I told Dale, I said, you know, when I came to Christ, I was so broken. I yeah. was just, you know, I, Crystal had left and the kids were gone and I was just broke. I right. mean, I was like rock bottom. I mean, yeah. that, my, you know, I'm, I'm not a perfect man by any means, but I'm going to tell you, I love my children. Right, I yeah. do. I love my wife. I love my children. Mm -hmm. And so when they were gone, man, I was like yeah. devastated. Yeah. And so 
my cry to God was, hey, you know, I'm done doing it my way. Yeah. I want what you've got for me. Yeah. I, I, I'm willing to do whatever you created me to do. I'm, I'm done trying to do this my way. Oh, yeah. I've ruined it. Yeah, for sure. And, man, he took me for real. Yeah. Like, like, like it was like a covenant that mm-hmm. he and I made when I kind of prayed that to him. I was out in Texas hunting. Right, yeah. And it was kind of weird. We were hunting on the Pecos River. Yeah. Way out west Texas. And I was just so deeply broken. Yeah. And it's like I told Dale, I said, after I kind of made that promise to him, there was no turning back. You know, I, I, at some points I tried to go back into business and doing some entrepreneurship and stuff like that, but it was like, uh, uh, yeah, no, you made a commitment to me. Right. We're going into ministry, and we're going to do what you yeah. what I created you for. Right, and and you were able to persevere through that because through time and little by little, you've seen the faithfulness of God. You know, through the through your life from the time you gave yourself to God and you started trusting in God, you started seeing the faithfulness of God working in your life in one way or another. I don't know every detail, but you do. Right, you know what I mean. You started seeing, so that's what enabled you to keep persevering and knowing that hey, I'm I'm able to trust in God. This is this is something I can really do. You know, whenever you first whenever you're first broken, you know, and we come to God, it's like I believe, but help my unbelief. There's right. an area of trust, like you you're putting your trust into uh, into into God, but you don't really know if you. You know, you're, there's something about you that you're holding back, no matter who you are, because you, you can't put your trust into something you don't know. You know what I mean? And whenever people come to Christ, they feel, they understand, you know, so it's like the seeds planted in them. And so they say, so give their trust and faith. And then they go, you know, some people go off and do the, do the world, let the world come in. But whenever we don't, um, whenever we start really devoting time to God and, and giving our life to God, when we legitimately give our life to God and start trusting in him, Little by little, he starts making faithfulness. Uh, he starts showing us his faithfulness and his goodness, you know. And whenever that happens, you can't help but to continue to, to follow, to go, you know. So that leads me to this scripture I wanted to read right here. It's it's Psalm thirty four, eight through ten. It says, "Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Oh." Fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You know, and I think that's that's so taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't just believe that the Lord is good without tasting and seeing, you know, that the Lord that's like putting your 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 putting blind faith into something. God never asks us to put blind faith into him. He asks us to taste and see that he's good. You know, and once you taste and see, and that means to, to watch as God, you know, give it, give God an opportunity and watch him work in your life. You know what I mean? That's taste and see, give it to him and watch him, watch him do something with it. And you will see the faithfulness and the goodness of God. He says, blessed in right after it says, blessed is the man who trusts in him, you know? So that's what it is to, to, to taste and see, put your trust in God. And you'll see the goodness of God from that trust. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I think it's, um, I think it's First John. He says, uh, uh, "Ask and you will receive." But any man who who doesn't believe, he will receive is like a double-minded man. You know, tossed to and fro. You right. know, you can't ask for something and then Peter. not. Yeah, that was that's what. Uh, you know, ask for something but yet believe that you're not going to receive it. Ask something and believe that you're going to receive it in faith, you know? Right. You know, so that's, uh, you know, trusting God for your provisions, for your finance, your your life, your relationships, every area of like ministry, it doesn't matter. Putting your, your trust into God, um, 
little by little, you'll start seeing the goodness of God from that. You know what I mean? And eventually it, it just builds on top of one another until you're, you're so built up and, and established in God that you can't move. You're, you can't move from God because you know the faithfulness of God, you know? Yeah. I, a lot of people, like I, I sit here and I think about when we're talking about this, I'm thinking about Psalm 23. You know, it's hard not to think about that when it talks about trusting God yeah. because that entire chapter is about, God being your shepherd, right? you know, and when you have that image in your mind of a shepherd and you have the sheep and I love the part at the end of the verse where it says, um, um, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over your only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the yeah. days of my life. Yeah, goodness and mercy. I'm like, man, yeah. I'm good. See, th- and, and I think people miss this first, the very first verse in Psalm 23, it says, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not need yeah. Yeah. this. What this version says, yeah. or says other versions say want. Yeah, yeah. Should not want. And that, what that, what that's saying is, is that saying when God is your shepherd, yeah. you do not have any need yeah. that's not met. Yeah. There's a big difference between wants and needs for sure. But what's so great about to me about being in ministry, it's a very, I was trying to tell Dale yesterday. I said, man, being in ministry is tough. Yeah. You're going to have people let you down. You're going to have people that don't support what you're doing. Yeah. You're going to have people that don't understand the value of what you're doing. Absolutely. You're, but yeah. but you have to be so self-sacrificial. Yeah. You know, when Jesus came here, he 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 walks out of heaven and the and the grandeur of all of that to come and be a servant and mm-hmm. not have a home and have to walk the streets and have oh, to yeah. depend on his sustenance day by day. And when we see that in imagery, I tell people, you know, everything that I do in my life from this point is all about eternity. Right. It's not about yeah. worldly. Yeah. It's not about financial gain. It's not about mindset. Right. Yeah, my mind that. is, yeah. you know, Hey God, if you call me to drive down to Okeechobee, right. You know, and preach yeah. the gospel and it, it, it's it, crazy it's because it, it's become the priority, the number one and only priority that really makes any difference and means anything in right. our life. You know, and people are like, well, what, you know, they get flustered about when you try to tell them, you know, but you know, our jobs, you know, out in the world, you know, the, the, our careers, all that stuff is meaningless. And when, once you retire, you can guess what you're giving your position off to somebody else and you go and get a paycheck until you die, you know, until you go into the grave, you know, just from a worldly perspective, what good, what does it matter? What good has it really done for you or for your soul? You know what I mean? So really you know, pursuing the things of God is the only thing that has a legitimate meaning in, you know, in this life period. Yeah. I love and the so, way that, uh, and so that, you know, real quick before, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it says, you know, just like you said a minute ago, you know, there's a difference between wants and needs and, and that's absolutely true. But here's, here's one thing that, that it says in that verse 10 of that, what I just read, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Right. You know what I mean? So God, God is, is not just trying to give us just our bare necessities and make us walk through life with just the bare necessities. He, he says, we'll not like any good thing, you know? So he's, we got to trust him for that. And when we, when we trust him for that, we start seeing the goodness that, that flows from it. You know? I remember when, um, I first got, I first just committed my life to this, this walk. I remember I, one of my prayers were, and I know this sounds crazy, but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, okay, you and Nikki been together for a while. Yeah, 15, 16 years. Okay, when you hold Nikki, there's a there's a an aroma that's Nikki's. It's unique to her. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know the detail of her eye. Mm-hmm. You know the colors of it more yeah. than probably she does. Mm-hmm. You, you know what she smells like to embrace her. Right. And I tell you know people when I got saved, 
my prayer to Christ was, I want to know the color of your eyes. I want to know what it smells like to embrace you. I want to have an intimacy, intimacy with you. Yeah. And so I just started studying and studying and studying. And the more I studied and the more I dug into the word and the more I, the, and then I started watching those little events happen where people were, um, hearing from God and people yeah. were trying to help me and my family and they were doing stuff for us. And little by little, these things started happening and every time they would happen, I remember one time when a lady gave us a, the little tiny home that we live in, mm-hmm. a lady gave that to us, a, yeah, a, a husband and wife couple. Yeah. And I was just sitting there just so emotional. Mm-hmm. And she was like looking at me like I had lost my mind. But it was, <laughs> it was like, I said, you don't understand. I needed to see God's faithfulness yeah. manifested in the world. Right. And he used you to do it. Yeah. And this isn't really about yeah. what's going on between me and you. Yeah. This was about me saying, you know what? I'm going to trust. Absolutely. And then him showing up. And, and seeing the faithfulness of God work out, you know, just like what I was saying. Yeah. It's, and it, and it built you up so much more, you know what I mean? So that think about what would have happened if that, you know, that wasn't met. You, you would have started lacking. You, you would have started going downhill, you know, um, God, God meets our, our, you know, he meets our needs and he's, he's faithful when we put our trust in him, you know, and it, believe it, and believe God for those things. I want to tell you, man, it's a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to, to do what you, to do what me and Travis and other people in ministry do. I don't think they understand the, the commitment, the fortitude that it takes. Yeah. Like you literally have to constantly have your mind above what the world's oh, yeah. throwing at you because as a husband and as a father and as just a guy, yeah, you know, the world says be successful. The world says the more you attain, mm-hmm. the more successful you are. Yeah. And in ministry, it's the, it's, it's the daily grind of reading the word, yeah. letting God speak to your heart, yeah. discipling people, being, being patient, obedi- being obedient to God yeah. when he speaks in your heart, you know, you know just being patient. And I'll yeah. share that story about Lake Okeechobee. Um, there was a, a friend of mine named Daniel, that was doing a tent revival and he was doing the tent revivals in the cities that were around Lake Okeechobee. He was like, you know, he said he felt like God told him to set the lake on fire Mm -hmm. with the spirit. And so he called me and he's like, Hey man, you coming down? Cause I'd, I'd gone down to, um, one of his revivals and I just kind of was hanging out, getting to know him and stuff like that. And I'd driven down there and, and I remember he put the tent right in the poorest area of this community. Um, it was crazy. Like, I mean, it was insane how yeah. poor this community was because the sugar industry had moved out of that area mm. and it would just decimated it. Yeah. And so then he did a, a revival at the bottom of Lake Okeechobee. And I don't remember the name of the town, but like Bay City or something like that. And I felt the Lord tell me one day, I need you to go down there. There's a drug dealer that is going to surrender his life to me tonight when you share the gospel. Well, I wasn't even scheduled to preach. Yeah. You know. Daniel was going to be preaching, and what a great preacher he is, man. Right. Daniel McGee, man, that guy can preach. You guys look him up on YouTube. That guy can throw it down. But I drive all the way down there, and I'm driving the big black Chevy, 1995 gas guzzler. Mm-hmm. I drive all the way down there. I get down there, and I'm not even scheduled to preach. And I walk into the tent, and at the end of the service, he was doing a kid's night where he was giving a lot of toys out and stuff like that. And so – uh, he calls me up on stage and I sit down in a chair and he has all the kids surround me on the stage. I've actually got a photograph of it. And I, I shared the most 
elementary version of the gospel I've ever shared because most of them were like uh, elementary kids and stuff. It mm-hmm. was really basic. Right, right, right. Very basic. And so I said, well, let's all pray. And I said, if you if you want to receive Christ, pray and give give your heart to him, whatever. And when I got done and I, I said, amen, and I opened my eyes and I looked up, there was a guy standing there pointing at me, just had his finger just pointing right at me, crying, wow. just tears flowing down his face. And uh, when I got done, I went down and I started talking to him. He said, I've been selling drugs to support my family. And I can't remember how many years it was, but it wasn't, it was a a significant amount of time. And he said, and I've been asking God if he's got something better for me. And he said, he sent you to help me change my path. And me and him kept in touch after that. And, and, uh, and I was telling Dale, I said, Dale, I said, when God called me to get in my truck and drive down there, there was no financial gain. Yeah. It was going to cost me money. And I'm not, I'm not rolling around in money. I said, but it was just the fact that you got to be obedient. Yeah. You just got to choose, man, that when God calls you. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and I'm not perfect at this yeah. because there's times where I feel like, like the other day I was at a store. Yeah. And there were two young girls in the store. And, um, you know, with all the racial tension and all that kind of stuff in mm. our country right now, I, they were there were two black girls, and I thought the Lord, I felt like the Lord was telling me to bless them with some money that I had in my wallet, mm. and just tell them, I just want you to know that I love you, and I didn't do it, yeah. and I felt the unction to do it, yeah. but I didn't do it because I didn't want to embarrass them. What right. the enemy said to me is, he said, if you hand them that money, you're going to paint this picture to them that they're not. Yeah. you know, whatever, that they're not as good as you and you're better than them. And he talked me out of it. Yeah. And I don't think that would have been the case at all. I yeah. think if I'd have blessed them and said, hey, man, God wants me to, to bless you with yeah. this. I think, it, but it was just, and, and, and that's how sensitive it's oh, got to yeah. be. And then oh, you, yeah, because God speaks to you in the moment, you know, yeah. and you got to be able to, to discern that voice and be like, that's God speaking to me. Let me act on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I know you got stories like that too. Oh yeah, give us something, man, where you just get one of those one of those crazy obedience Uh, stories. Well, okay, so there's this one night. This was a few years back that I remember real well. Um, We were about to have uh, worship practice out at my house. We actually practiced out in my garage um, back in those days. And anyway, I was doing something. I was trying to clean up in the garage, and I got up on a stool like an idiot and tried to clean get something up off the the um, shelf. And the stool under me fell, <laughs> and when I when it did, I had a weight fell with that was up on top, fell and, and slammed into my finger on the ground. And man, that thing was huge. Anyway, so we canceled practice. I'm going up. I went up to the VA uh, to the emergency room, and I'm sitting there. And um, so they brought me into the room there. They closed the curtain a little bit, and then all of a sudden, the, in the next room over, I hear. A, Beep, 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 beep. And everybody starts rushing through into this room. And this lady comes into the room and has to sit down in the room with me. And she's just in tears, like completely in tears, just shook up, you know. And in that moment, God told me, hey, go pray with her. And it was like, I, you know, I didn't come there with any kind of expectation. I just, you know, I felt like God was telling me in that moment, I need to go pray with her and comfort her. So I did. I went over and prayed with her. I said, do you mind if I pray with you? I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I, I just want to pray with you. And I did. Um, and I, it was her, it was her husband, um, was having a heart attack. He was up there for having some, some stuff. And I prayed with her and just asked for healing and for, for peace. And in Jesus name, as soon as, as soon as we were done praying, 
not even five seconds later, the, the beat, this thing stopped and they got them normalized as whenever I got done with my, out of the emergency room, they were letting me go. They had him in a wheelchair. He was completely coherent, just a wide awake in a wheelchair, just, just awake and good, you know, all good, no heart attack, nothing right. going on. And as I was leaving out, this lady said that she was just in tears. She's like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. And so in that moment, I was like, man, that's just, that, it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling to be able to know that God used me in that moment. You yeah. know, I didn't do anything. It's God that works through, through people, you know? And so whenever we, we are obedient to, to his voice, he makes all kinds of awesome things happen in not just our lives, but other people's lives. And that's what we're called to do, you know? Yeah. I'm going to tell you, man, probably the, the, the time where God, and there was times there's been, I could, I could really share a lot of stories about this kind of stuff, but I'm going to share one with you about that. I think was what I call my Isaac moment. And those of you might not know the Bible, whatever, uh, there was a, there's a story in scripture and it's not a story. It tells us about when Abraham, which was the father of, uh, kind of the movement that God, the Bible's all about. He's kind of the father of it. And, he was promised a son, and that was a big deal back then. And then God told him after his son was probably, I guess he was probably not quite a teenager. He was kind of a younger. And God told him to go sacrifice his son yeah, and take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him. And, I mean, when I really think about that, man, I'm just like, I mean, I don't know what I would do if God asked me to sacrifice yeah. my son. I don't, <laughs> I mean, that is just so far out of my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just can't even imagine the faith, but yeah. it says so much about Abraham. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That he was, he trusted God through the process. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, what about, well, they say, you know, Abraham believed that either God would all that would bring him a sacrifice yeah. or God would bring his son back to life. Yeah. Or, well, because he knew the promise of God was that, that his heirs and all the people would come through the promised child, Isaac, right. you know? So if, if God's going to bring my heirs and all these descendants and numerous of the stars through Isaac, and he's now asking me to sacrifice Isaac, then something's going to be up. He's either going to resurrect Isaac or, you know, he's going to provide in that moment. Right. But he knew, I think, I think Abraham knew fully well that he was never going to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. But I think he knew, like he knew that if, if he had to, but he was going to carry it out just like he, he was up there about to ready to slam that knife into Isaac. You know, he was going to do what he had to do, but I don't think he really believed that even if he had to, that, God's not going to be faithful to bring him back. Right. And, you know, so I think, hey, yeah, there's probably some stirring up like, oh, oh. my gosh, I don't, I, I couldn't even imagine even trying yeah. to go about doing something like that. But, you know, having the faith and knowing that, hey, God promised me something and he's not going to turn that promise back. Right. You know, and I think that's, that's part of the, the whole factor of faith, you know, that, that Abraham walked out because if right. he, if he didn't think about that promise that all his people were going to come, all his descendants we're coming through Isaac and he didn't, he didn't remember that promise. Then he would have been, you know, more, Hey, you know, why would I do that? Why, you know, there's nothing, you know, he knew the faithfulness of God because God gave him Isaac. He promised him Isaac yeah. and he brought Isaac, you know, <laughs> right. in their old age, you know, so he built up Abraham's faith through the process from when he called him from Ur of Chaldea all the way up until he had Isaac. And, you know, it just, God built on 
Abraham. He Amen. didn't just he didn't just immediately from Urshaldia, hey, I'm giving your wife a, a child, and I'm going to ask you to sacrifice. He built him up in faith and allowed him to a process to which he could trust God, to understand, to hear the voice of God, and trust God in every aspect of his life. Because Abraham was not no holy godly right. man before he was he lived in Ur of Chaldea and that city was an idol city you know right. they they built idols for all kinds of gods of the Chaldeas which is Babylonian Babylonia later on you know um but that's where he came from his his father was was idol his whole family was idol makers you know they they made idols and stuff which kind of ironic that later on Israel fell into a huge idolatry state where they were doing all that stuff right. later on, you know, but you know, that's the whole point is that God calls us from the state we were in and he brings us into something that we're completely unfamiliar with. And he guides us in the process in, you know, in that process of getting there. He doesn't just ask us to drop everything and then arrive at a destination. He, he brings us through this process to where we, we can, we can handle the situation once we get there. You know, we, he, right. we can handle what we're called to do, you know, just like God didn't give um, Israel all the land of Israel, you know, of Canaan. He, he said he, he'd give them little by little. So that the, so that the, if he gave it to them all at one time, it basically all the, every, they wouldn't be able to handle it. Everything right. would grow up. The beast would tear them apart. They would, everything would be completely unmanageable, you know? And I think I mentioned it in one of our, maybe one of our Bible studies at the time. I've got five acres out in my land and there's, some of it that I can't, I don't even mow to, I, just, I mow around, you know, and I, I don't get, because it's something that's just, it's too much to manage all at one time. I go little by little and start pushing, pushing stuff back, you know, trees and limb, you know, all that stuff. But God gives us his promise through a process, you know, he makes, he makes us ready for that promise. And he's not just going to hand us a promise without us being ready. It's like handing a, your your ten year old a car without him having a driver <laughs> driver's license. You know what I mean? Or right. having the, any understanding of how to drive a car. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm going to promise you a car when you're 16. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to give it to you before you're ready or before you can manage yourself or or handle yourself or have the responsibility to to make your own decisions for yourself. You know, so so in that in that is what God did with Abraham. He he tru- he he allowed him a process of knowing what it was to trust him. You know, completely brought him to a foreign land, you know, guided him and directed him everything he did. You know, just, just, that's just how God works. You know right. what I mean? He brings you through a process just like in your life and my life. Every, everybody who's walking with Christ got to where they're at today through a process. And they're still in that process, I believe. Oh, you never, it's like constant. Right. So the way that um, this panned out for me, I was really like, I mean, when I tell you that I was into studying the Bible, I went to like. Sunday school. I went to a, a night class on Sundays. I went to Wednesday night. I had yeah. a men's group. I was in it, man. Yeah. I was studying in the mornings. I was in it. And so I kept getting this verse. I'd been born again for about maybe a year. Right. <clears throat> and uh, my wife had left me because I had, you know, just some issues with being faithful and things like that and just different things. Right. But I, at the beginning, when she first left, I didn't tell her the truth about all of it. Yeah. I just, you know. I, I kind of sugarcoated it, and that was right when it first came. Right. And so I never really mentioned to her what the real truth about it all was and what all I had done and <clears throat> things like that. So I got Proverbs 28, 13. He who conceals his sin will not prosper, but who confesses and renounces it will find mercy. Right. I kept getting it. I'd open my Bible to study in the morning. Bam, there it is. My men's group, there'd be a question about yeah. it. I'd go to church, preach, preach about it. I mean, it was literally like yeah, everywhere. Yeah, you couldn't get away from like, it. It was like everywhere. 
And I would go to these guys, like, you know, my pastor and, and all kind of different people, and I'd say, man, I really think God wants me to sit down and confess my past to my yeah. wife. You know, and, and then all of them's like, no, man, that, don't do it. That's no, don't do it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do it because she's probably never going to speak to me again when I tell her but you the to. reality of who I am and what I've done. You know, and and so um, so I put my fleece out, kind of like Gideon. I just I put my fleece out. All right, God. All right. All right. <laughs> if you want me to confess, have her just point blank ask me. Yeah. You know, so we did this little thing called um, – we did this little thing called couch time. You know, it was supposed to be like good for your kids and all that. So we would do that every night, 15 minutes on the couch, just focusing yeah. on each other, letting your kids see it. Anyway. Um, so I'm sitting there and we're talking about the kid's school and I'm sitting there and she just looks over at me right in the middle of a conversation about the kid's schooling. And she says, have you ever been unfaithful? And I thought I was going to, Wow. Just like fall off the couch. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I just prayed that and there it went. Bam. It was like instant. It was like the next day. It was so fast. But And so so I called my buddy. I had a buddy that I would call down in Sarasota and we'd study the Bible in the morning together. I put him on speakerphone and we would just study yeah. together. And I called him and I told him what I felt like God was saying to me. And he's married, my friend Tony, he's married to Crystal's first cousin. Wow, yeah. So, and they're very similar. Yeah. They're very similar people. And he got born again a few months before me and maybe almost a half a year before I did. Right. Very, very same, similar lifestyle we were living prior to it. He says, you need to tell her. Yeah. And I'm like, Tony, if I tell her, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know her better than, you know, you're living with one of her. And if I tell her, you know, she's never going to speak to me again. You know that my marriage will be over if I, if I confess to her. Yeah. And he said, read the verse out to me and I want you to break it down. And I said, he who conceals his sin will not prosper, but he who renounces it and confesses it will find mercy. He said, what does he promise you at the end of that? Mercy. Mercy. Yeah. Mercy's not receiving, not getting what you deserve. Yeah. He said, do you trust him? Yeah. And I'm telling you, Stephen, when, when I tell you this, I mean this, and I, anybody listening, when I tell you this, when I sat my wife down to confess my past to her, I was absolutely convinced that she was never going to speak to me again, unless it was about my kids. I thought she right. would divorce me. I thought my marriage was going to be over. Yeah. I thought I was going to be a, you know, a, a, a father that only got my kids on the weekends. Yeah. I walked into that thinking, this is it. And... And I'm going to tell you, when I started confessing my past to my wife, I've never seen a human being cry so what I call deep. Yeah. Like, I've seen people cry, mm-hmm. but when you when you really, really hurt somebody, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about really hurt them like that. I mean, she cried from a depth that I'd never seen a person cry, mm-hmm. but she never made me leave the house. And within about six months of that, um, God healed her heart, and she don't even bring it up anymore. And so God was faithful, yeah. and that was my Isaac moment. That was when I put my family and my marriage yeah. on the altar, and I said, God, th- I'm going to trust your word, even yeah. though everything in the world tells me that I'm being an idiot. Yeah. And when I tell people, that's quite a testimony. And I think this is the yeah. this is the this is the reason that's so significant to me, because I think that I had sought God out, and I think God was going, okay, how much do you really want this? Yeah. Let me see how, how much you will trust me. Will you trust me with your family? Yeah. 
And I'm telling you right now, that was a moment in my walk with the Lord that changed yeah. everything. Because sure. I was willing, and I'm now listen. I'm not telling people to go like sit your wife down. It it was God did that at the right time. He knew she would yeah. be ready for it. He knew that I was at a place to where I needed to, you know, I needed yeah. to show my faithfulness and my commitment to my walk. You know, it was all orchestrated and organized by God. Yeah. And I'm not telling people to go out there and, and start blowing your marriage up. I'm just saying, if God tells you something like that, oh yeah, be. Be faithful. Yeah, be faithful be, be to obedient, it. Obedient, you know. Yeah, obedience and, to it. You know, and I'm telling you, it was like crazy yeah. what that did to my walk. And that's when God kind of had. I, I got ordained into the ministry. I started preaching. You Amen. know, that was when things really took off. Yeah. Um. In in my walk with the Lord, and you know, when I get around people now, they're all like, "Man, you know, it's literally been since 2008. How do you keep this fire?" Right. And I'm like, "Man, you." When you, when you, when you take this book, because in First John, not in First John, in John chapter one, it says, "In the beginning was the Word." The, in the beginning the was the Word, and the Word was, was with God. God the, word the Word was God. was God. And then in verse fourteen, I think it is, it says, "The Word, the word became, became flesh, flesh and lived among us." Yeah. Now, the way I interpret that is that this Bible is a written version of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's the Word of God, yeah. and He was the human form of this. Yeah. Okay. I, I I I believe the same thing, but I believe it goes even further than that. Yeah, he, he is not just what's in, contained in that book, but he is what is all that there is. Right, creation. He he, he his wisdom. He, his his wisdom. His word is the light of all creation. Right, you know it's it's the life source of all creation. So yeah. you know it's like the sun to the earth. Yeah, yeah. You know, without the sun, there would be no life on earth. Right. So. The more you dig into this, the more you get to know Jesus Christ. That's how you get the aroma. That's how you get the color of his eyes. And I I, I tell people, you know, you know, it's not a list of rules. It's a list of get to's because when you choose to live by God's word and Mm -hmm. you are obedient and you just trust him, trust him. I'm telling you right now, I tell people all the time, you can trust God. Yeah. I'm telling you, it it he will never lie He's to you. He's faithful 100% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when I was a pastor sure. and I would talk about giving, yeah. I would tell people, I would say, listen, if you start tithing, just keep track of how much you tithe. And at the end of the year, if you're not 100% satisfied with how God's blessed you, yeah. we'll give you all of it back. Yeah. And they're like, how could you make a promise like that? You know, my deacons and all that. Like, what are you talking about? And yeah. I'm like, listen. You've got to trust the word of God. And God says, test me, yeah. try me just, and I believe in it so much mm-hmm. that I know God is not going to, you know, he's yeah. going to show up yeah. and bless people yeah. when they choose to be, give him the yeah. first and the best. When they, when they taste and see, you know, and people say, coming. you know, why is it the first and the best? And this is what I tell them. Okay. If, if you just give him the leftovers, you're not trusting him at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're not. You're, but if you're giving the first before you pay any bill, mm-hmm. you're that is faith. Yeah, that's all faith. And people are like, well, you know, what's so important about giving? Because your heart is connected to your wallet. Oh yeah. And so when you invest in FCA Outdoors or City Church or whatever, mm-hmm. when you start investing your treasure in these ministries, you show its value. What what you value? You know, it pushes it. 
emphasizes what you put value in right. in life, you know. Yeah, and I tell people, when you sign a check or when you sign a receipt, when you buy something, imagine if Jesus Christ was your accountant. <laughs> would you be buying and, and, and would you be paying and would you be doing what you're doing if yeah. Jesus himself was the one that was watching right. your bills? Right. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, man, and the reason that I'm talking to people about this, it's not because I'm a legalistic. It's not. I so much want people to embrace and experience Amen. this these things with God, man. Amen. When I look at like yeah. Dale, here Dale is. He's just a young man. He's fixing to get married. You know, his life's just kind of really blossoming and starting out. And I just look at him. I'm like, don't let the world steal God's call on your life from you, man. Yeah. Don't let because he looks around and he sees you know, this guy's got a new truck and he's got a jet ski right, and they got yeah. this and they, and, and he's like, I want a new house and I want a new truck. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, listen, don't let the world take your calling from you. Right. Because when you lead people to Christ and you help disciple them and grow them, man, that you get to spend, you, you'll have jet skis for eternity. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, I don't know if there's jet skis in heaven. I'm just saying, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, the I blessing is forever. Right. It's you not temple. No good thing. You know, yeah, I mean, I think his brother says. bought a jet ski, like some racing jet ski, and the motor went bad on it, and he owes all kind of money on it. Mm. And he literally has a piece of junk laying in his yard that he's got to pay payments on for yeah, a couple of years. I, I mean, hey. It's crazy how stuff like that happens. Ain't it? <laughs> I'm going to drive down to Okeechobee <laughs> and tell somebody about Jesus. I'm not yeah. going to, you know, but I mean. I'm telling you, man, it just, it burdens my heart because Mm -hmm. I look at people that come to church and I look at people that are in, you know, that are around me in my life. And I'm like, if you just trust him, if you're just late when the Isaac moment comes, trust him with it, man. For sure. Just just so that you can experience. Be obedient with it. Because I don't think there's anything better on the earth. I don't think there's any, because I've, I mean, hey, me and, I don't know about you, brother. I've tried everything the world has to offer. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> nothing, yeah. nothing compares yeah. to when God uses you in somebody's life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's absolute to me. There's oh, yeah. nothing that compares with it. Yeah, absolutely. You can't. I mean, dude, it's, it's, it is an amazing feeling when you're able to to lead somebody to Christ and you feel the Spirit of God all over that man. It's like dude, there's no. There's no greater high than the most high is what they say. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to make a shirt that says that. No greater <laughs> yeah, high than the no, most no high. That's good, than the most high. You know, so <laughs> absolutely, man. So, man, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, a lot of people know this verse. We actually talked about it in one of our Bible studies not too long ago. We brought this. This is our main verse. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths he shall direct your paths i mean that that's this is is what the, what we were talking about in our bible study a few weeks ago trusting in god with all your heart and just like we've been talking about this whole this whole podcast with everything every area of your life leaning we, we made it we talked about what that meant to trust to lean onto it's right. like it's the same it's it's like putting a ladder on to a building you're you you're you're trusting that building. That's what you're doing. Oh, yeah. You're you're trusting the weight that it's gonna provide and hold the weight of what you're leaning onto it. So when you put your 
burdens, your anxieties, your depression, or anything, everything. Trust God with it. Give him. Put that weight on God. He'll support you. You put it on the world, it's not going to support you. There's another verse that says, cursed is he who trusts in the uh, in man, but blessed right. is he who, tr- who trusts in the Lord. You know? So when we trust in man, that, that ladder's collapsing. That ladder of all the weight that we're trying to put on that person is going to collapse. You know, and whenever we, we trust in God, it's going to be able to be held up. So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. It's interesting that that's the second, that's right after trusting in the Lord in all your heart because it says, lean not on your own understanding. That's what we do as, as humans. We try to, we, we comprehend things. We, we see, we hear, we, we hear the gossip, we hear or whatever news, and we, we try to process that in our own mind, and we try to make sense of it. And once we have a, a predetermined comprehension of something, of whatever, you know, is going on in the world, we, we have preconceived ideas about it. And then we start making our own opinions and our own rather than asking God about it, you know, asking God about, you know, to, to enlighten you about what's going on. We start making it, we start forming a worldly view of certain things. You know, um, there's a difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom, Amen. as you know, you know, and whenever we don't trust in God, we don't put our, our trust in God. We start doing things in worldly wisdom. You know, it's practicality of the way, uh, you know, Travis talked about this in a message not too long ago about doing, being willing to go outside of the practical to experience God's promise. And God did, you know, Christ came and he did things in such unpractical ways. I mean, I mean, think about it, spitting the, somebody's in dirt and rubbed it on somebody's. <laughs> I've never seen any kind of practicality like that, but yet it was what healed. It was the vessel and the means in which the man was healed, you know, so being able to go outside of what we think we understand and trust God, you know, he start, don't under, don't, don't just start walking in the ways you think the world is or the way you think it should be or what you, you know, your preconceived ideas of everything, you know, let God direct and guide you. And you start seeing things you're like, wow, I didn't realize, you know, things start being revealed to you that you realize you didn't realize, right. you know, that you didn't have a, perce- a correct perception of. You know, he does that all the time to, to us in, in different situations. Just watching the news, I can, God reveals things to me and it, it does, it's not showing that they're right. You know, it's showing God's promises and God's plan in the world, you know, what's coming. Which is manifesting it, itself it, yeah. right in front of us. Right. And so there's a difference between being able to discern worldly wisdom and discerning godly wisdom. Yeah. You know, so I can, I can be, I can sit, um, I can you know, sorry about that. I could have somebody who's a non-believer with me and we're both watching the same thing and he's going to perceive it one way and I'm going to perceive it a completely different way because of what he believes, what he sees as true and understands as true in his own life. You know what I mean? So under, and not only that, he's going to act on it. He's going to live his life based on the preconceived ideas that he gained from that, you know, you know, why do you have so many rioters and so many people, you know, going political and, and trying to fight each other politically? It's because they, they seen all these things and they think they got to fight back and they got to do all this and not realizing that this is what's called what's going to happen. This is what's always been going to happen. Right. Christ is coming back. You know, it ain't gonna it's get not, no your job is not to be a political activist and your job is not to go out and try to try to make the world better through politics and through through policies and and this and that is to lead people to Christ period and be, so, and to be show an people yeah be an example and that's that's part of leading people to Christ you know lead people to Christ by being an example and showing them the goodness of God in your life and 
yeah, what was this we talked about one day? Don't don't just pray for somebody if you have the means to help them. Right. We talked about that. You know, a lot of times we do that. But I mean, help people out. You know, do be Jesus to people. That is what we are called to do. Ambassadors for the kingdom of God to to bring the kingdom of God to this earth through people's hearts. You know, have have our people, Christ people, prepared for when He comes back. Yeah. You know, that is our job, and so we can have a different perception of what we see in the world based on what we believe. You know what I mean? And so that's why it says here, you know, lean not on your own understanding because in our own understanding, we have only a, a, a worldly superficial perception of everything, but God has a greater perception. He, he sees the bigger picture. He sees the end from the beginning or the beginning. From, he sees it all. You know what I mean? He's outside of it all, and he, he, he understands everything way further better than we ever do. You know, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. You know, you know that verse really well. You know, you're talking about the world, and, and um, you know, uh, most, most of what we see in our world, especially in the United States, is is success yeah you know worldly success and i was at a bible study one night and i said um and this is just you know i'm not trying to create no big debate or nothing like that i just don't see how prosperity equates god's blessing it don't don't. in scripture you know that reminds me this reminds me um you ever seen the movie god's not dead i'm sure you have oh yeah it's um we watched it not too long ago again but man, there's this one scene in that movie where the, the this guy's going to the nursing home to see his mom, and his mom's very, very incoherent. She's just staring out the window. He's sitting there trying to talk to her and talk to her, and she's not responding, and he's just kind of like mocking the situation. Why do I even come up here and see you? And blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, she speaks. And she, she's just staring out the window, and she speaks. She says, sometimes the devil will allow a person to be comfortable in life so that they have no reason to ever find God or to reach out to God. Mm. And that's the only thing she said. And then he, he asked what? And she looked at him. She's like, what? She didn't know what she, you know, so in that moment, God was speaking through her to him. And he was a big showing, successful business yeah, guy. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was yeah. a big successful business guy. Had this real nice fancy car. He didn't care, you know. So whenever, and that's absolutely true, man. Why, why, would, why would your enemy, why would the enemy of your soul have any problem in in allowing you to be comfortable and with riches and, and all your luxuries and stuff whenever, because he knows that in you having those and being consumed by those things, you're never going to reach out to God. You're never going to seek God. And therefore he's got you, right. you know, he doesn't need any further to, to destroy your life in any way, because once he knows, he knows that whenever you get a, a person's soul gets so beat down and oppressed that they've only got one place to look and that's up. And there's only one person who's up and that's God. You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually so, feel for people who are super wealthy. Yeah, I, I, it's hard because that's why Jesus says it's harder for them to go through the eye of a camel, or you know, the the eye of a needle, or a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And really, what that that was, it's not really the little eye like people think of a needle because they didn't have needles like that. It, what it meant is the the hole at the top of the door, the the doorway uh, yeah. going in and out of Jerusalem. They had a, like a smaller door that's attached to it, you know camels couldn't go through it it was only meant for like humans to go through but they could open up the bigger gate and allow every you know camels or in whatever livestock go through but 
so a camel couldn't go through this tiny little door that was meant only for, for humans to go through. That's why God said, well, well, things that are impossible for men, it's possible for God. Right. You know, it's still possible for rich people, wealthy people to experience and know the goodness of God and put their trust and resources into God, you know, but it's much harder for people who are consumed by that wealth. You know, there's yeah. a difference between having that wealth and being consumed by that wealth. And it's those people who are consumed by that wealth who, who have no reason to look because it's the, the proverb says the wealthy to them, their strong tower is their wealth. Yeah. It, it, that is their wealth. Right. And, and it can't, there's nothing else that can, you can't tell somebody who has a strong tower of wealth that, Hey, God is much greater than your wealth because they don't, they're not going to see it right. because they've got all the luxuries and everything. Well, why would I, why would well, I need God? You know, is well, what they, they think in their heart, in their heart. The crazy thing about wealth is it promises you everything that only God can give you. Right. And it can't deliver it on can't any deliver of them. on any of them. But I, I, when I was in that Bible study, that I told that I said that I said yeah. I just don't see the parallel between financial yeah. or or monetary gain on earth equated, yeah. equated with God's blessing. And he goes, "Well, how do you explain Solomon?" I said, "Well, have you ever read the Book of Ecclesiastes?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when you read the Book of Ecclesiastes, where that Solomon wrote. It's one of my favorite books. I mean, he, he literally is known as the wisest man that has ever lived, mm -hmm. the wealthiest man that had ever lived. Mm -hmm. And um, and it, in that whole entire book, he's telling you, he said, I've amassed everything a human being can possibly yeah. amass. I've gotten everything. Yeah. I mean, he was literally, I mean, if you go back and you look at it, you know, time-wise, yeah. he is the wealthiest person that's ever lived, yeah. even in today's standards. Yeah. And he says, it's all... For nothing. For nothing. It's all, it's all in vain. All this, know? all the, all these things that we chase in this world are, are pointless. Meaningless. It's, it's all. Yeah. The way that this uh, version says it says that it's futility. Yep. Futile. Yep. You know, it's a futile. It's us. Uh, it's it's uh, va it's vanity. Yeah. You know, and so useless. I would rather chase after the things that God's called me to do. Yeah. I would rather chase after the lost, and I would rather chase after the, the, the those that are hurting. Mm -hmm. And I would rather chase after, uh, you know, because there's an eternal, there's eternal things to gain. Jesus says, it, uh, "Don't don't invest and put your gold, or you know, don't invest in things that are that moth destroys and rust, you know, you know, but invest in things that moth can't." destroy yeah. and rust can't come and destroy and robbers can't steal which is in the heaven you know put your in spiritual gold you know invest in spiritual gold bought you know from the kingdom of god and that's that's good works good deeds given the kingdom of advancing the kingdom of god you know it's not about monetary you know gain in this world you know any monetary gain that we do achieve in this world comes from god anyway right you know <laughs> so if we can't acknowledge that in all of our ways, you know, that kind of goes back to that. If we can't acknowledge our wealth and what we have and give it to God and, and acknowledge that it's from God, then it will consume us. It will trap us and it will own us. Right. We become a slave of what we serve, whether it be sin leading to death or life, yeah. righteousness leading to life. You know, so we are a slave to what we serve. If you serve money, guess what? You're a slave to it. Yep. Job, whatever. To, to wrap this up, man, this is, this is what I want everybody to know that, is watching or listening and is that it's just been such a good ride for me already. Amen. It's only been, I guess, 12 years, maybe 13 years. Amen. And it just, I can't begin to tell you guys, God is starting right now in my life. He's starting to um, fulfill some words of not some prophecy that was prophesied over me in my early years. 
I'm watching this stuff actually transpire as I'm speaking to you right now. It's Amen. happening in my life. And, and you know, me and my wife will be announcing about that soon. Amen. And I want other people that have given their heart to the Lord to have the opportunity to experience this. And with what we've got going on in our world, it's just so, there's so much to distract us from, oh, yeah. from really digging in to getting to know who Jesus is. For sure. But I love the way you put that. So I just want to encourage people, you know, you can't trust the person that you don't know. Yeah. And Jesus is somebody that you really need to get to know. I mean, he's so worthy of trusting. Yeah. I tell young girls all the time, if I see them crying over a boy, I'm like, hey, you need to date Jesus for a year. He won't cheat on you. He won't lie mm -hmm. to you. He won't do it. Yeah. He won't expect nothing out of you. He'll treat you like a queen, mm -hmm. and and you just devote your time to that relationship. Yeah. And uh, see how much your life is just blessed. And I've seen girls, man, that have. I'm gonna I'm gonna date Jesus for a year, and then after that year's up, introduce them to the perfect godly man. Yeah. That becomes their husband. I've watched that happen to a couple of young women that my wife have, that, that she's been ministering to over Amen. the years. Yeah. And so, you know, for me. What I'd like to say to everybody watching and listening is, hey, man, God's got a great plan for every one of us. I mean, there's a calling on everybody's life, and it takes effort from us. You know, he want, he's like anybody else in a relationship. I want to be loved by the people in my life, and he wants us to love him. He's not going to force himself on us. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, get into a routine to where you seek God every day. Amen. And when he puts you... At a, at a at a crosswalk, and he says, "All right, are you going to trust me?" Gives you an opportunity. Trusting, yeah, yeah trusting, sure. Amen. So, what do you think about that, brother? I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, highly I mean, important. It's just been on my heart, man. It it's, just, it's one of the the primary things of our faith, man. Trusting God is so essential to every area of our walk with God. You know yeah. how we can't we can't continue and grow in a relationship with God if we fail to trust in God in, in every area and if we every opportunity that comes that God gives us to put our trust in him that we turn the other way and put our trust in ourselves or what we see our own understanding man it it, it just deters what could be in your life the potential of the things that God could it's not God's not never been withholding anything from his people God, you know, God's got God's only got good and perfect things for his people but when you know we're not going to be able to put position ourselves in a place to receive those things if we fail to trust God you know we're just double minded and we you know we're not putting our we're not able to position ourselves to receive it right. you know it's not that God hasn't bestowed it it's that we aren't receiving it and right. it has to do with us not him you know and it's our heart it's putting our trust in, in our weight on Jesus yeah I think about this man I think about like you know trusting God and believing in God and having faith that he's going to do what he promises that he's going to do and um, to me it's the, it's the most amazing emotion that yeah. I've ever experienced yeah is you know like people say well how how, how did you live in a tiny home with three kids and a wife <laughs> it's where god put me yeah i did it because it's i can where tell god you there's me. people in this world living way worse yes way worse. well the benefit of it honestly you know in even in america the benefit is is that me and my wife have been debt free for eight years amen and you know when you're debt free mm -hmm. and coronavirus strikes and everybody's off from work and everybody's <laughs> freaking out on how they're gonna pay their bills yeah. i'm like there's no greater you can't blessing, come. Huh? You can't yeah. come kick me out because yeah. I don't owe you a penny. You right. can't take nothing. Amen. I don't want to be a slave to the lender. Amen. I learned my lesson in yeah. 2007 yep, for about sure. that. So, 
and it, and, it, and it took good root in me. Amen. So, listen, we love you guys. We do these podcasts because we want to encourage you and help you. And if you got any uh, ideas or questions, just call us up, make it, do a comment, hit your like button, you know, share this with people that you know need to be encouraged. And if you get a chance, when you go into the local convenience store, pick up the Woods and Water magazine and check out the FCA Outdoor article that I write every month. And um, and just uh, just help us get the gospel out there, man. You, yeah. you know, we're talking about Jesus, and you could cooperate in that whole process just by hitting the share button and the like button. Amen. And you can help us get that out there. So yeah. we just want to tell you we love you. And we appreciate you, man. We thank you for being a listener, and yeah. we look forward to seeing you again next Thank, week. Thanks for having me, Skip. Yeah, love man. you, brother. Dude, I love talking to you, man. You too, brother. Love we'll see you. Y'all, we'll time. see y'all next week.